Welcome to Theme and Variation. Theme and Variation is a podcast about movies in which we discuss the various themes of movies. There are two genres <laughs> of episodes. That. Yeah, Christian coined that. I think we're going to stick with it. Um, but we do theme episodes, which is kind of our bread and butter series in which we talk about the themes of our favorite movies and maybe some of our not so favorite movies later. I hope movies so. I don't like. I really yeah. hope so. <laughs> that, um, I, that I don't like so much, I want to talk about exactly. it. So yeah, we'll have those. <laughs> I'm sure we'll have those. Um, and then we'll have our less frequent but just as fun variation episodes in which we kind of just talk about whatever we want, i.e. is The Shining, The Sixth Sense, and Insidious all in the same universe. I'm Find so, out. I'm so excited for that episode. <laughs> Why? But we got to get there first. Why are you excited for it? No, hey. I'm trying to bait him into well, going. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's because, Christian, my theory is... <laughs> no, we'll save it for the variation episode we have about that. Um, but this week we're talking about The Iron Giant. I think that's a movie that's near and dear to all of our hearts. Yeah, we yes. all needed to cry this Absolutely. week. Yeah. Who doesn't need a good midweek cry? Mi- you know, the 90 kids, uh, I feel like... 90s kids? 90s kids. No, just 90 <laughs> kids. Exactly, 90, 90 kids. <laughs> there are only 90 kids in the world who appreciate this movie. No, <laughs> no, but like like kind of around our age groups who were born in the mid to you know late 90s because um, the movie didn't really hit super well in theaters initially. Well, that's the thing is it did have a really bad marketing campaign. The what was were, that? Was it just not enough or like was it? Um, I don't know. It just kind of fell through the cracks a lot. That's um, bizarre. WB had some big layoffs due to Quest for Camelot, which oh, both kind of okay. helped and hurt the movie in you, some ways. That movie was like 96 or 97, right? So, it was like before. the one before this one, right? That was right. like their big project before this one. I think so. Vastly okay. different movies. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's safe to say. But uh, marketing campaign fell through. They didn't have kind of the like fast food tie-ins or they had like one kind of trailer. So theatrically, it didn't do well, but it really found its life on VHS, yeah, VHS yeah. home video. Style. I guess how we all saw it. Like none of yeah. us no, saw it thing. in theaters. Right? I, I mean, I was only I was only two when it came out in theaters. But Christian I, was uh, born when this was came I out. born. <laughs> it was ninety nine, dude. Yeah, it was, I was born in March yeah. ninety nine. Was I born yet? Oh my gosh, you were uh, one year out, old. I think I'll it came out a little bit. No, you were less <laughs> you than one year. Because I don't even trip, dog. I think it came out later in the year. But basically, you know, I saw it as like a four or five year old, three, four or five, kind of around that age. Yeah. After it had come out on VHS, which is, I think, where it, it basically struck a bigger audience. It absolutely found its yeah. audience there. Um, point being, our moms saw it at the store and thought, my kid will like this. <laughs> yeah, I was. Uh, they were right. Old. Big metal robot. <laughs> well, yeah. My like... son, my growing <laughs> son will really appreciate this. Little, right. little did they know that there were some very impactful life lessons in this movie yeah. that shaped the man who I am today. Well... <laughs> <laughs> let's kind of get into the themes. What did you guys notice? And then we'll go into the plot and kind of well, see kind how of that reinforces. one that they literally repeat like three or four times or just that you are who you choose to be. Yeah. That's probably the biggest one for me at least. Choice to do good or evil. Yeah. And like you, uh, yeah, as we were talking to, yeah, talking before this about, uh, yeah, the theme of potential as yeah. well. We actually recorded a full episode. Well, this yeah, time yeah, I was about to say, when are we going to mention this? Kinda, I tried not to say. I was like, yeah, we were talking earlier <laughs> on that other podcast we did about this. <laughs> we kind of oopsied our way into an actual studio this time. So don't get used to this quality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't get too comfortable here. This is a one-off. <laughs> Shout out to Josh Schoenig, who's kind enough to let us use his recording space to... 
uh, finish out this podcast in time for the release. Because our other computer is in Arizona right now. It is now. unfortunate. We need to get that figured out. But that's for a conversation not on mic. <laughs> Let's do it right now. I want to get into it. No. <laughs> should, should I call okay. my landlord? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I like what you're saying. Like, personal choice has a lot to do with it. You can be anything you want to be, whether that's good or bad. And I think what I saw a lot is potential. They talk a lot about the potential for both you personally and kind of the potential, I think, that we saw in the world at the time with nuclear war and everything kind of on the horizon. Yeah, yeah. And and certainly the potential that a child has as well in that, in that sense of how children are very moldable at, at that state and, and whatever environment they seem to be in. Um, shapes who they are and you kind of see this as a giant as he's kind of like the kid. yeah he's very childlike he's the, well yeah it's very... kind of like a nature a nature versus nurture yes. as well yes. like you where you are and kind of the influences uh yeah that are around you for sure can have like an impact on the way that you are but ultimately you know you kind of take that as the cards you're dealt and choose yeah you uh, can choose your future. you want to be in the yeah. end yeah 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 going back to choice um, what's very interesting is the anti-gun themes in the... Yeah, we can get into that a little later, too, but I know that's uh, really personal to Brad Bird, too, because I think during production for this, he lost his sister to gun violence. Her ex-husband shot her, and that devastated Bird. And so he kind of got to tweak a little bit of the messaging of the film, and I think his pitch to Warner Brothers at the time was, what if a gun had a soul? Kind of, what if a gun didn't want to be a gun? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Which I think is a big thing. How, while it is anti-gun in a way, it's more of just like, it's in quite a way to where it's like, it's still a tool that you choose how to use it. It's it not just all exactly. guns are yeah. inherently and, bad. And potential, exactly. Yeah. yeah. For, for that. Like a gun has potential to be. It's it's not necessarily the gun itself. It's the, yeah, person it's the person behind the trigger. Yeah. I think yeah. with a thing like that as well because it's a thing with like such great like it's some huge potential it can literally just like snap away a life like you know what i mean so it's kind of like not only just uh potential in general but like how do we yeah no i like, kind of figure out uh yeah like the potential of something so powerful yeah it's something so powerful left in human hands yeah yeah Let's kind of get into the plot, and I think we'll see these themes kind of reinforced. I, I, I do have a question real quick. Yeah, what's up? Uh, my, my question is, uh, Cole, are you still going to reveal your level 10 joke? Uh, oh, you know it. <laughs> it wasn't the first time. So if you want to try to take another run at the delivery, like... So I guess I guess something we're trying in this podcast is we're going to we're gonna rate jokes in a 10 level We don't scale. have to. We, have we to. can. I think we're going to. Okay. You started it. <laughs> okay. The rules, the rules on this seem to be... That the jokes now have ratings. Any inside joke that we make has to be explained, which yeah. is a dangerous thing No, no more inside already. jokes. If you're going to make an inside joke, you better be ready to share it with the class. Share it with the class. Yeah, do you have enough for everyone? But, <laughs> um, yeah, so moving on to the plot. Yeah. Well, let's get into that. <laughs> um, I think it opens with kind of you see the giant fall from the sky, land in the ocean, and Earl the Boatman Earl the Boatman. Earl, Earl the Sailor. Shuts, I think, is his name, or Stutz, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, somebody read yeah. the IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> I actually just read the Google 
cast credits. <laughs> wow, <laughs> you found an even lazier way to do that. You didn't even <laughs> go to the IMDb. <laughs> you didn't even click. You didn't even click the first yeah. link. Look, look, I'm doing it right now. I'm looking. Okay, okay. Because I really want to get this name's man right. What? <laughs> you really? It's very important. This man. What the name of the name sailor? Right, I think is what I meant to say. Okay. Um, but we see the giant fall. Uh, Earl crashes into him. Earl Stutz, that's it. Yeah. He thinks it's the lighthouse at first. It's not. And um, then we kind of cut to Hogarth's intro. And we can see early on that he kind of has a pet obsession. He likes to Quite a take bit. care of things. It's his thing. Yeah. that guy. He brings a squirrel into the diner that his mom works at, and it gets out. He's really excited to show it to yeah, her as yeah. well. I mean, he's got this real <laughs> Well, kind of while he has this, like, he does what he wants kind of side like he always is like hey mom is this okay yeah kind of as we see with the pet as well like hey can we keep it and she's like ah no i know about this <laughs> one chief it is a literal it's, squirrel it, well well i don't even think she knows it's a squirrel he it's, it's like she mentions what the raccoon the raccoon so he has like a I history of bringing of bringing pets yeah almost i think randomly into the house or into into the environment and she seems to not really approve of this just because it unleashes chaos and um, that, that's almost a hint at what the the, the paranoia. Do you? Think? I wouldn't. I don't think that is saying too much. I think that's okay. just no. A, I think it's just kind of a character moment of like yeah. he likes you know to uh, yeah to take care of things that it are kind of wild. Up, it's a kid and thing. Okay, okay. It, it also sets up how he is going to be willing to take care of the giant once he finds him later. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's just more just a character yeah. moment for Hogarth. Yeah. But long story short, Squirrel gets out in the diner. And fun chase ensues. Then we get Dean's introduction. Dean. Too. He's also in <laughs> that is, <laughs> Dean is the coolest character. Dean is He's the so coolest. cool. In fact, he gets all the jazz. He gets all literally all the jazz music in the movie. Is he takes it at all. Dean. Um, so what? What? Because uh, the, the, the squirrel gets out of the box that Hogarth. He's kind of just in. following the squirrel. He sees it going across the diner He's through people's to, yeah, feet, yeah, 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 yeah. and it kind of stops at this guy. We don't need to get this <laughs> guy. <laughs> This dude, this really cool dude. He's real cool. But important thing is... He's uh, got a soul patch. The sailor from the beginning, Earl, he's also... He's also in the diner. He's like 100 for robots. Yeah, he's talking uh, to his drinking buddies about it in there. And they're like, drunk. They're laughing at him. They're calling him fucking dummy, basically. (laughs) Right, right. Dean all of a sudden decides to stand up for him. He's like, I saw it too. Uh, I think the show. Everyone starts laughing at him. Well, it's just well, a character. I think. You know. I think kind of the whole scene in the diner is just like a character moment for everyone, for his mom, yeah, for exactly. Hogarth, and for Dean. I like everyone's introductions. Yeah, this. it's a great introduction. So, shout out to Brad Bird. You got some great introductions, <laughs> buddy. <laughs> for yeah. real, though. I mean, I mean, it's it's just it's really great. So yeah. So <laughs> I'd say the one line that kind of sticks out from Dean is like, uh, "Yeah, if we don't stick up for the kooks, who will?" Yeah. Which kind of just shows him like being like okay with a lot of the stuff that happens later on it just kind of he is very like i don't know for it being like 1950 whatever he's very open-minded he, he kind of yeah yeah it's yeah, an he, open-minded guy for the time <laughs> I, I, the term for that is beatnik he's a, oh michael uh, really likes this word <laughs> that's, that, that's literally the he recently word. found out the yeah. definition there's so much just pent-up stuff from the podcast that we just recorded like we've already spent I really two and a half hours that. with this it's... movie, and Michael <laughs> yeah, saying long. that word like seventeen times in the length of that. Uh, a beatnik, for all those who don't know, is a term used in the in the Cold War to describe uh, basically what Dean is—a cool, go with the flow type of guy. Okay. <laughs> okay, we'll go with it. Um, yeah, so I think we can move on from the diner scene. Um, 
so we see Annie Hogarth's mom tell him, you know, she's going to be working late tonight, so uh, go to bed. So it's just us guys. No, not yet. But <laughs> <laughs> go to bed early. No late night snacks. Uh, cut no to, scary movies. I don't think she Twinkies. says that. I swear. I don't think so. Oh no, we'll she does. Go she back. Says, we'll go no, back. Oh, and you'll get, you're gonna get clipped. You'll get clipped for this. I know this. Oh, you'll get. She goes. No scary movies. No late night movies. Uh, no scary movies. No, no scary no. snacks. No late night movies. <laughs> <laughs> um, cut to cut to him. You know, eating Twinkies and watching what we seem as a scary to see movie. as a scary movie. Yeah, yeah living for the brain. Time, whatever. Whatever. Um. But Hogarth's TV starts acting up. So he yeah, goes to investigate. It's on the Fritz. Yeah, it's on the Fritz. He goes out to investigate in the woods and stumbles upon an the iron, iron giant. giant. 100-foot robot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you really... Uh, I, you like that, I like that line. <laughs> you said it three times already. I really like it. <laughs> it's very interesting. Of course, we see a bit of Hogarth's character, too. He's very investigative. Yeah. In scene. I mean... He's a curious he, kid. Yeah, he's very, very curious. I think, you know... Um, he sees that. What, what is it? He sees the antenna. He sees he's the antenna, got, and then he sees kind of like the woods I mean, there's, are all there's run a, through. I mean, there's just a. He sees that the. I mean, there's just a giant path, almost an iron giant just, path, <laughs> uh, laid out <laughs> in so front of him. Stupid. I'm sorry. I, I do want to mention he he mentions invaders from Mars, just simply because that's what uh, Earl had been talking about at the diner earlier. Well, yeah. I think this is important. Because I think invaders from Mars is that a thing from the fifties? I don't know. Um, I feel like well, that's like a no, movie no, or something. Because shit. I think I think once Sputnik kind of got into, you know, sp- space. <laughs> that <laughs> so is where to, it went. It's <laughs> like yeah, where where exactly did that once go? Once it arrived <laughs> in uh, <laughs> space. Um, no, I think I think that became a really centerfold attention of the it's a big world. Deal. Um, and so that's something he said. Yeah, it's invaders what, like, from Mars. Hogarth repeats that actually. Well, Sputnik is, I think, and the opening opening scene. No, it yeah. is. It a, no, it yeah, actually that's is. That's the first that's thing we see is Sputnik. We do, we do actually see Sputnik. Yeah, because I'm not even sure what would compare to something that big of a deal now. Because space was like. Oh my gosh, um, I can't even imagine. To, the, to kind of break into that realm for the first that, time. Like, it'd be point, the equivalent of us going to like another fucking Let's see, because I think the movie takes basically. place in what, 1956, Late 50s. So, I mean, at that point, you know, we had reached heights of the atmosphere, basically, but no one had ever gone beyond that. This well, is a, this is an enormous... This is before they even sent, like, the dog um, to space, right? Which, it's just, like, the first, like, thing first to break thing out in space. Think, I think that really, really sets a lot of the whole okay. paranoia. I was yeah. going to bring this up. Because... Because not only is it something up in space, it's a Russian thing up in space. And Russian yeah. things yeah. are bad, mind <laughs> you. <laughs> which, I mean, Somebody we Somebody hasn't hear... evolved past 1957. <laughs> So, uh, no, I, I just wanted to mention that because it, I think that's what stimulates a lot of what Hogarth's investigative nature is. So he goes he goes out into the woods, um, and I do want to talk about the score a little bit here because you get... You oh, get, I thought you were saying the squirrel. I thought you wanted to go back to the diner scene. <laughs> no. Well, pretty much the score is Russia that. 1, America 0 as far <laughs> no, as the space. No, no, no. This is, this is actually something very interesting is um, you, you hear almost this military-esque score while Hogarth is preparing to go out to investigate what exactly yeah he's getting ready he's got his BB gun um, he's got his, his helmet yeah, his no, whole gear and, and and um and so he, basically it's it's like he thinks there's some sort of it's almost like it's almost like you, this is the only moment where Hogarth is buying into the whole okay there's there's invaders or there's something going on um we get to the point where he goes in the woods he notices the giant's path. I mean, he sees like there's this enormous uh, break through the trees. That's sh- 
you can you can see there's even a little shape in the head going. We get to what we get to the uh, the power station. Yeah, right? yeah, okay. it's basically like yeah, he's he's hungry. Needs to eat some metal. The big metal man <laughs> yeah, so, needs oh. to eat metal. So so we get to the power station and what he almost he almost steps on Hogarth. He's yeah, he crushes a BB gun. He, yeah, he takes a big piece of the metal. We realize okay, he eats metal, and then he goes for one of the uh, more. I don't, I don't, one of the juicier like, pieces one, yeah, of the metal. One of the, one of the more shiny, electric pieces yeah. starts getting electrocuted, uh, and you and you actually hear this enormous scream from the giant. It's very as if he's in pain. Yeah, well, know? it's very as much kind of shows. Living thing getting electrocuted is in pain. Yeah, it kind of just shows like, hey, this is not just like a machine. This is like, yeah, I don't know, like it. Uh, well, it has they, experiences as well. It's just they, right, right, right. They bring that up. Some I forget who calls the giant an it. But Hogarth has to say, no, it's a him. That, that's, yeah. that's, yeah. Dean. that's Dean. Yeah, Dean calls um, him a so, so in this scene, Hogarth uh, initially runs away. He's he's shocked that he sees well, this. I mean, I think the giant gi- was more <laughs> shocked. <laughs> that was so stupid. <laughs> he was. Um, oh, my God. So, uh, no, no, he's 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 running away, but then he starts hearing again these giant the giant screaming as if he's in pain. And yeah, you see as all if of he's sudden, in pain. And you see Hogarth. As we see him getting electrocuted <laughs> in a near death, death by a giant power as plant. As if. This might hurt a little. Hogarth turns back and goes and shuts the whole thing off. So yeah, yeah which kind of shows how much he cares. Turns the big on-off switch. Is it's, 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 it's not just like a little thing, like sparks and giant stuff is flying everywhere. This is like he's knowingly risking his life to go and care for oh, this definitely. thing. Oh, yep, definitely. So yep. I think it's just another no, no, bit I, of no, a character No, I think you're right, because they actually show debris flying. Yeah, like this is like... like running around and, and until he gets to the on and off switch. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So I think it's just another little kind of character uh, development thing for him. He's willing to risk like, his safety yeah. to go save something else. That Yeah, and that, yes. So he turns off the switch, the giant falls over, <laughs> drops the rock in his throat. Which, as a kid, I thought is what brought him back <laughs> yeah, to life. Like, I there is a direct again, correlation. Is there any evidence that that didn't bring him back to life? This is no, fair. It does not. happen immediately after. So, yeah. Uh, the just wait. There's a little rock in my throat. I'm going to wake up now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. I think he just runs away, goes back home at that point. Yeah, no, yeah. he doesn't, like, um, he And no then really we, we kind of cut that. to the next day at school, and they're watching this really funny Cold War video. It's eerie, like, <laughs> yeah, no, the, yeah, the duck and cover. Oh, videos. can I please recite the song again? Oh my gosh! Well, first we got to do the <laughs> nuclear <laughs> out of nowhere nuclear holocaust. holocaust. <laughs> uh, I mean, these things were probably extremely. I mean, they were probably. Well, if you actually go and watch the, the ones that were actually from, yeah, there, these were it's real, basically spot on. Yeah, yeah. and it's it seems insane to us now, but they're like, how do we explain this imminent threat to like? nine-year-olds and that's kind of the best they could come up with hide under your desk from the nuclear bomb yeah no i think they actually show us a cut in that where like the the bomb like falls on the yeah. school but that kid is okay underneath they're under his the desk, desk. yeah something. fucking so, bombs legally no, no, can't so it's touch like, you it's if like you're under a false promise that you can actually survive something like this if it happens it's like um well yeah and know. again that's real you that's know. not just a joke in the movie no seriously yeah it's, but yeah if you want to recite it yeah go just for do it now 
Hands over your head, keep low on the ground. Duck under cover, the bombs are coming down. Duck your cover. And then, yeah, and then it's just, you know, pants Nuclear holocaust. <laughs> I think that was a... So, so anyways, we, we catch some of the other kids talking about the yes. incident that Earl Stutz, the sailor. Yeah, Earl's uh, rumors are getting around at this point. Um, and But each kid kind of has his own version of the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they all come to the same conclusion, yep. and that is that they need to Dis- bomb it to smithereens. Destroy yeah. it. Destroy it. It needs to be destroyed. Which, and this plays yeah, into the themes. different. Yeah. But I think, I don't know if we mentioned this, but kind of the themes of um, ignorance and kind of ignorance causing violence. Yeah, I think like, that's a huge thing is just like how it's kind of just a cycle of like not understanding things leads to fear, leads to escalation, leads to some sort of action. That's usually not necessarily usually very destructive, but kind of the seed starts with just not, not understanding or starts with that fear. You see something that again, has the potential to be really powerful. I think them showing it all the way from the kids all the way up until like the military and mm-hmm. kind of the agents there shows that it's very just a human thing. It's a thing. human trait. No, it is absolutely. Yeah, People yeah, have this like, train of thought from school kids all the way up to the higher ups in the US government. It's a little scary. It is. <laughs> I think it paints a pretty clear picture though. No, yeah. it's and an accurate yeah, picture at that as absolutely. well. Which I think is almost another theme of this is just kind of paranoia and fear and the things yeah, that absolutely. it can do. I think then we get uh, a follow-up scene with Earl and Dean, and he's telling Dean about the big metal man he saw, and he's telling him that he's gonna, he called he kept he ugh, he keeps telling him that he <laughs> called somebody in the government, and Dean tells him who would they even call Earl? Enter Kent Mansley. Kent Mansley. He works for the government. Yeah. Very important detail. He does work for the government, indeed. They don't really say it, so... No, they don't mention it a whole lot. (laughs) I guess they don't, but he does. Michael, this seems to be your favorite character. What do you think of his intro? Oh, he's not my favorite character. You talk about him so much. He's just so funny, man. (laughs) He's just so funny. I feel like I've been saying that for so long. I work for the government. (laughs) Um, So his introduction... Let's see. Okay, he's at the scene... Or he's at the he's he's at the destroyed uh, yeah, the power electro- plant. the power plant yeah um, he's going around with this construction worker they're talking about kind of what happened uh, what's interesting the construction worker mentions it's as if something had bitten it all off you know and Dean or excuse me Kent Mansley seems very unbelievable of all this stuff he even mentions how you know big things happen in big places and Rockwell, Maine is a very small place. So that he, makes that he, he really, he's really almost not listening at all. It makes yeah, that guy's mustache said. go flaccid. He goes back to his car. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Literally the animation. His words yeah. drain the blood <laughs> yeah. out of that man's mustache. Literally. He goes back to, uh, he goes back to his car and half of it is gone. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. where we get that. His car is a big <laughs> bite taken out that, of it. That's where we get that great, that great quote. Um, and so he, he runs away. He's trying, he, I th- he I goes to the find, guy. He finds Hogarth's, uh, crushed BB gun at this point. Hog too. hug. Uh, no, no, not yet. Not yet. He, once, once they come back or no, no, he does. Cause he was, yeah. I think he was about to put that in the car. He yeah. goes, oh my God. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Big old bite taken out of his car. Comes back. And this, this is the thing I want to bring up too is, yeah, yeah. uh, every car Kent has in this gets destroyed <laughs> in one way or another. It does. Every car he drives I, I th- I think gets that, ruined. I think that is 
I, I, I think so. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's supposed to mean anything, but no, just it's kind of some like a huge little... thematic thing that we're all too dumb to get. Yeah, I guarantee yeah, it. I, th- I mean, Mansley is the character. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not going to try to go too much into that, but it, it is definitely something that consistently happens enough that yeah. there's something significant about that. <laughs> so, yeah, no. So, so he, because he found the BB gun that Hogarth brought with him during that scene um it got smashed yeah it got stepped on so didn't quite say the full name but yeah hogarth's name is on the stock of the gun hog hug hog hug hog hug (laughs) (laughs) um Uh, so after kent's introduction hogarth goes and tries to get a picture of the giant um because he's again pretty curious about what he'd witnessed the night before um he waits kind of all day he brings a piece of scrap metal for him to uh, right. eat because he sees that he eats metal you know big metal man that's interesting big he like metal put man that together metal. initially yeah he eats metal he brought him a piece of metal um again hogarth's kind of curious character wanting to get a picture of it starts taking pictures of himself yeah because and that'll he was be important getting kind of, for later well, he, he was, was well, he was kind of getting yeah. he was kind of getting bored, bored. he's there for hours probably um then we get to the point where Hogarth is asleep, but he hears something, wakes him up, and he's like ready with his camera. Mm-hmm. The piece of metal was moved and actually bent. He looks up and he sees the giant. Um, he's terrified at first, starts running away. Right. Uh, the giant starts following him. What is it? He hits a he hits a branch. He hits a branch. Kind of gets knocked. It's a bloody out nose. A bit. <laughs> Are we gonna bring this up? No. Bring, it, bring it up. Bring it up. Okay. Uh, briefly, Michael claims to have uh, never gotten a bloody nose in never, his whole I life. I have never had a bloody and, nose. And uh, nobody I, believes him because that's stupid. No, I sure don't believe literally, him. It's literally. It's literally. <laughs> it's literally what a lie. No, you could say <laughs> you that. Could, and that would be I true. Have, you could look this up. You guys made me get so angry to the point where I actually looked this up because. Uh, there, there's actually a large portion of people who don't get bloody noises. It's, it's. You know, there's also a large portion of liars. <laughs> Anyways, it's okay. You can come clean right now on the podcast. Yeah, you do it on air. On my, okay, uh, I've never had a bloody nose in my entire life. Okay, you to become dirty. Up, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, at this point, um, Hogarth falls down. Uh, I think the giant sits down too in front of him. Yeah, yeah. So, so Hogarth kind of scuttles away uh, in fear, but the giant just kind of starts to imitate whatever Hogarth yeah. is doing. Because it's then revealed that the giant is aware that he's the one that saved him from, uh, yeah, yeah, like the electrocution at the plant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you're right. Uh, Hogarth so is like, okay, I guess you're not going to hurt me. Because again, he just kind of sees the giant's imitating whatever he's doing. The giant reaches over, drops that on and off switch, yeah. and then I think Hogarth that's meant to communicate. Together. I know you saved yeah, me. Yeah, and then Hogarth goes, "You saw me save you." And yeah, then so this is giant, kind of the yeah. scene where he's teaching him words, where he's like, "This is a rock, whatever, whatever." Right, Hogarth's this is a rock. It's a country. Acting. His his whole very pet good. thing, where he he was so obsessed with having a pet. Now he gets a giant robot. Yeah, but it's, a hundred it, foot tall robot. Robot. <laughs> <laughs> but it's even a little bit further because it's like it's almost like it's his own kid. You know, yeah, for um, sure. It's kind of like a different level of care than like a yep, squirrel because exactly. you can't teach a squirrel. Also, because it's a hundred foot robot. It's a hundred foot robot. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's good to talk about um, kind of the relationship between Hogarth and his mother too, because this plays a big part in how he treats the giant as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like he's protective of him. He, like. I don't know. No, we go back I, to I that scene. I think his mom we teaches go, him a lot. We go back this to that scene. This is what I was trying to say in the tangent last I know. podcast. I, I'm giving you, work. I'm setting you up. <laughs> All right, fine. I'll, <laughs> take, another, the, I'll take another I'll take another crack at it. The nonsensical <laughs> rant. <laughs> <laughs> Try it again. Starting now. Yeah. Okay. Red- what I was trying to arc. say is pretty much how he's cared for things is kind of in like a very 
minute way where it's like you feed it, you give it water, whatever. Yeah. In this, it's more of like he cares for something that puts itself in harm's way and that kind of like he has to keep an eye on that he like really cares about. So yeah. I feel like that kind of parallels how his mom feels about him. Okay. Uh, so it's what I was trying to say. A mother and say. her child, basically. Yes. Or, or, now, or basically an adult and its child. That that is interesting because I was gonna relay back to the the point where Hogarth was originally in the woods tracing after after the whole yeah. electrical scene and his mother finds him and she's freaked out. I mean you you see this because she she was I mean you get to the where he had left the house. Yeah, she comes home. Then, he's not at home, and she was freaking out. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then she's looking for him. She's absolutely upset with him that he was out in the woods. And so I think that is kind of almost reflected in the relationship between Hogarth and the giant. Yeah, for sure. I would say not so much right now, kind of in the scene where he's just kind of showing him the words. But as the movie uh, continues and goes mm-hmm. on, oh, I you see he, it more. Absolutely. Yeah. I'd say did. by the end, he definitely understands how his mom feels about him more because he now <laughs> has that same feeling about another thing. What? What? What's up? Don't worry about it. I'm worried about it. You made it. a Say scene. It. What is what is it? <laughs> oh, I'm oh no. I'm worried about it. I'm not gonna share this on my Bro, please. You have to do you've it. You've already made a scene. No. Okay. <laughs> we only have so much time. Okay, when you said that, I was thinking about the time when I was like uh, I must have been like, I don't know what was it? I was like thirteen or fourteen and I told my mom about the whole mom. I know what it's like to be pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you t- what? <laughs> Just don't worry about it. You go on okay. it. No, I think we're good. All right, no, fine. no, no. It's it's just don't don't you seriously don't worry about it. All right. Um, anyways, keep going. Yeah. Um, <sighs> so Hogarth is kind of reflecting on how cool it is, and here we get another reinforcement of the theme of people kind of want to hurt what they don't understand, because you always you, fear what you don't understand. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Sorry. Deep Clark, cut, man. People fear. <laughs> What are you doing? Yeah, that's Batman. That's what Superman. I was doing too. Is Batman? Yeah, yeah. Towards, yeah. Oh my gosh! Stop! <laughs> I don't like that. Movie. That was the real alley oop you gave me. <laughs> <sighs> oh boy. Okay. But um, he says they're gonna wig out when they see you. Um, you don't want to wig out. That's what makes them shoot at you. You know, I think that's the first reinforcement of if the giant or sorry, the world is not ready to see the giant yet. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Not. Yeah, um, but you also get a, a sense of the giant's childlike character here because when Hogarth puts that out, the giant's almost making fun of that fact where he's like, he just, <laughs> I, he, he's just yeah. imitating it. Yeah, no, no, he he, and he he kind of finds that funny actually, which yeah. again you, you get that sense of innocence, uh, how a child might view the world. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, next, we kind of establish that the giant can rebuild himself because. The train you know, he gets hit happens. by that train. The train. He likes yeah. to eat metal. He eats the wrong yeah. metal. <laughs> gets him. He eats metal he should not be eating, busted which is up. train track metal. Yeah. <laughs> train track metal. Um, it's he tries to put it back. It kind yeah. of when Togarth, when Togarth starts freaking out, the giant realizes, oh, I shouldn't have done this. Yeah. Um, well, he's screaming at him, to put, put it back, back. put yeah, it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, almost, he, he gets so obsessed with that to the point where the, the train ends up hitting him, you know? He mm-hmm. probably could have let that just be how it was, but he was so precise on how he wanted the tracks to be. I think it shows the Giants kind of ignorant, too. He didn't know the danger he was in. It probably no, was good enough at a he point. Didn't. He was so focused on what he had done, and he, he really wanted to put that back together precisely he's, correct. You he's know? just... He doesn't understand the world yep. yet. Yeah, so he gets 
demolished by yeah, this train in several pieces <laughs> <laughs> just demolished mm -hmm. by this train yeah this train is more powerful than any weapon for the rest of the movie <laughs> God, can you imagine what would happen if the u.s military found out about trains <laughs> well I, I i have a whole theory about this um you have a whole theory about this <laughs> don't worry about it um <laughs> you say that an alarming amount on this podcast <laughs> don't worry about it <laughs> i'm sorry i just don't want to go on a tangent here um so let's see hogarth he's in pieces hogarth actually decides to bring him back to the barn well yeah uh, here's the thing it sets up is we see the antenna come out of the giant's head hogarth thinks he's dead again for a second right right and then but all the pieces kind of come back together someone from the train starts shouting hello is anybody yeah, and they out run. there and he's like oh someone's going to about to come and see him takes we him gotta back go. to the barn uh we get back to kent mansley i think after this um first it's uh hand time hand shenanigans <laughs> stop <laughs> saying it like that's that. what it is it is hand time <laughs> i never want you to well, look well, no, me in the is, eye this and is say the point, it's hand this is the point where kent mansley again. no no so this is the point where um Ho okay so this scene where kent mansley's talking to the mayor of the town we get this this kind of back and forth between hogarth talking to the giant kent mansley, kent mansley talking to the mayor kent mansley gets a new car Okay, <laughs> which is important. It's the mayor's car because he ends up it's destroying this one later too. Spoilers, man. Um, he gets a phone call about the train wreck. Uh, goes to the the site of the crash. This is where we start to see also the giant start to put itself back together. Yeah. Um, Hogarth then goes in. I think he's having dinner with his mother. Yeah, but he Kent puts himself together. They hide him in the yep. barn. Yep. Kent he waves goodbye having, to Hogarth, no hand. Yeah, Kent Mansley is investigating the train situation, asks where he can get to a telephone because he once again encounters a person uh, who claims that there was a giant metal man who basically stopped the you know, caused this whole accident. Goes to the Hughes house uh, where we get where we get more hand time. Stop, please. <laughs> There's every Christian, other word. I have it written in my notes as hand shenanigans. What what else can I say? <laughs> you put your right hand out. What? Okay. Your right anyway, hand. Anyway, giant's hand not connected to him. It follows Hogarth into the house, and uh, he's just trying to get it out before his mom sees it. <laughs> yes. And hilarity ensues. He's trying to watch TV. Oh, so this is another thing uh, that you mentioned, actually. It's each part of the giant seems to be like yes, his own personality. important later. So that the hand uh, kind of embodies the giant's personality It's still himself. fully him. Yeah, it is. It's just it's, like one it's piece of him. figuring out what it's doing in the house. It actually ends up watching TV, yeah. too. We, um, I, I have more to say about this later, I think. Okay. But we can... Yeah. Point being, I think the giant isn't just the giant when he's fully formed. No, no, no. It's, it's every bit of him is a part of him. Yeah. Hogarth... Uh, gets to the door. He's about to get the giant out, but uh, appears Kent Mansley. He works, works for the government. For the government. <laughs> this is where we get that first. <laughs> Kent Mansley worked for the government. Um, Hogarth shuts the door. The, the the hands actually disappeared once again. And uh, so Hogarth opens, opens the door. We get Kent's Man Kent Mansley. And then I think Hogarth's mom comes to the door. That's where we kind of get that, this interaction. Yeah. Uh, that's not super important. Okay. I think next um, he goes and reads him some bedtime stories. Yeah, which is a, a I, I think holds some some of the most important thematic ways. Yeah, well, it's kind yeah, of yeah, the first he brings kind the of comics out of yeah. the theme. Superman and Tomo. 
Atomo. <laughs> the metal, the metal men, which, which the giant seems to take more interest in initially. Just because he relates to the image of it. Looking yeah, no, like no, no, because he's the metal, and he, and I think the giant saw that kind of in himself. But then Hogarth reassures him, "No, you're, you're the good guy. Yeah. You're Superman. Superman. Um, I'm gonna cry. You know, what do, what do you guys? Uh, should we expand a little bit on that th- on that scene? Like, what? what well, do you yeah, because this that? is where the first thing of like. Uh, kind of just where it comes in about like you choose who you are and it doesn't matter like what you think you are and yeah no i kind of relate to like where he first sees like oh atomo kind of looks like me he's like no you're not like him like you're the good guy and it kind of gives him like the choice of you don't always have to just like go with what you think just because it's like close to you like you can actually choose to die yeah uh, i agree and and also a reflection of again that kind of parent-child relationship Hogarth has with a giant where he's um, Hogarth is influencing that kind of multiple character that a giant has as, as kind of that childlike, no, you're not this, you're you're the hero. Then we get to, we discover the giant's hungry, Hogarth, they, they're, they go out and try to find some more metal. Yes. Um, let me see. Yeah, they're going to look for more metal. Yeah. Um, I think at that point they end up on way on top of a hill and <laughs> <laughs> they can see the whole town from up there. And uh, Hogarth is explaining to the giant, like, this is Rockwell. And <laughs> the giant really wants to go into town and he has to stop him from going in there. Well, Hogarth kind of builds it up. He's like, yeah, it's really cool. I used to live right down there. No. And then he starts just marching down to that point. Rockwell. <laughs> just stomping into town. Again, yeah, Vin no. Diesel in the booth. because Rockwell. <laughs> well, yeah, it's just a whole other thing of kind of like the uh, fun fact. How he's childlike and kind of naive and just like wants to experience the world that he's just landed in and stuff. And I can't, um, yeah, I feel like that's kind of just like the first part of it is him just like, kind of wanting to take in as much of the world as he can. Yeah. And, yeah. And like for Hogarth and Dean to kind of be like, okay, like this stuff. Yeah, sure. Go for it. Other stuff. Like you gotta watch out. Like he, he has no concept of danger at the moment. Yeah. He's naive to how yeah. the world is going to see him mm-hmm. because so far Hogarth is pretty much his only real interaction yet. And Hogarth has been really kind to it's him and understanding. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I think something to point out too is, um, although Hogarth is really kind, he's not, as naive as the giant, he understands how the world works. He understands how the world's going to see him if he just marches down into the city square. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, no. He's, he's very aware of kind of the atmosphere of, of the culture at that point of how people might react to something that they don't understand. Well, especially because he heard like kind of the kids yeah, in that being exactly. like, yep, exactly. I saw a hundred foot robot. I just kill it. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> they just start shooting and blah, 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 you know? So he, so Hogarth deters him away from that. The, we, this is the first scene where we get the giant kind of actually sad, representing some sort of almost because he's he's kind of sad that he doesn't get to go. Yeah, he's down bummed there, out. Know? Yeah, he's bummed out. I don't think he fully understands um, why he can't. No, he yet. doesn't. No, he I get so doesn't. sad when the Iron Giant gets bummed out. It really hurts me. Yeah, it's a bummer, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> that way. Uh, no, it, it is. It is kind of just depressing. Like damn, you know? Iron Giant. I just want to. People give could you the be world. innocent. Yeah, anyway, like, you know, uh, so. Uh, they get to the point where they find uh, an abandoned car yes. on the side of the road. 
the giant wants to eat it. Hulk goes, I'm sure it's okay, but then they see another car approach. Yes, yeah, so they got to hide. And, and then... it's, guess who it is? It's the cool jazz man, Dean. Dean. <laughs> Dean. Um, and Dean. so it turns out that Gene is, ac- <laughs> Dean is, ac- <laughs> Dean is actually a scrap man. Hogarth- <laughs> He's a scrap man? Well, not only thing, is yeah, he no, really like a, cool, he's no, a no, scrap he, man. <laughs> scrap man is not a term. <laughs> It is now. Uh, I think that's actually what he is. He's a scrap. He's man. a scrap man. Junk man. Junkyard. <laughs> Don't think anybody is called that. I'm it's sorry. Trash man. Okay. <laughs> no, no. Uh, Dean he owns, has a like, junkyard. He has a junkyard. He owns, he owns a junkyard. He takes all these, um, you know, abandoned cars and stuff. Hogarth puts that together. Uh, he leads the giant to the yeah. junkyard where because the giant's bummed out again that he can't eat the car. Exactly, like, exactly. has to be like, no, you don't understand. We've hit the but jackpot. He le- yeah, and then the, and then the giant starts feasting on all this metal, various metal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to he figure out like, what metal. is what is uh, what else does he eat? Big metal man eat metal. <laughs> Big metal. God. Oh, are we are we working up our way to your level ten? Oh my here? god. <laughs> it, anyway, um, yeah, he's eating a lot of metal. Yeah, he's eating the metal. <laughs> he is eating that metal. So then after that, he eats a bunch of metal. <laughs> okay, he he picks up one car, but the horn starts going off. Yeah, he's got to um, throw it a Hogarth mile away. Tells him, so yeah, that, yeah. yeah, Hogarth tells him to turn it off. He throws it across the thing. Dean, you know. <laughs> yeah, he hears it comes fi- out. Finally, Dean is like alert of what's going on. Hogarth he's like, hey, who would just interrupted my jazz? I'm Dean. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's exactly what he says. I think that's a direct I think, quote. I think that's an exact quote. Anyway. Um, but yeah, he's. I think this is where we get another thematic kind of, oh, what's the word? A reinforcement. Sure. Because uh, Dean has another talk with, uh, he, he invites Hogarth inside and they share a cup of coffee together. A cup of espresso. This yeah, is this like isn't just coffee coffee. Zilla. <laughs> coffee Zilla. Um, but Hogarth kind of expresses to him that he doesn't really fit in at school and whatnot because people think he's like i don't know almost holier than thou well he's talking of. about that and also what his mom where she's like yeah you're not being stimulated enough and kind of like his mom also kind of trying to force who he is and who he should be yeah people are trying to ascribe his identity to him which gets dean to say like you're not who what these people think you should be and this is the first time it's actually said you are who you choose to be yep. yeah yeah i think I think then Hogarth can relay that to the giant too. Yeah, it's definitely a big deal he for has him. That in his head too, but I think Dean really reinforces that in him. Yeah, may- maybe Hogarth didn't fully realize that until Dean kind of. I think this said movie it. is a lot about the influences you take from other people. Too. Yeah, yeah. Again, that. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah. And the trickle down effect. Again, that, that, that has. idea that the potential of, yeah. of who is going to put that idea into your head, or who, or, or what environment you're raised in, like your your parents, how they raise you. Um, well, I think it's a big deal because, like, when you're watching a kids' movie, like the parents are usually watching it with them. So I almost thought it was like a message for the parents too, of like, hey, even these like little things, like they matter. Yeah. For who your kid is almost yeah. going to turn. Yeah, into. no, yeah, that's yeah. Because I was going to yeah. say, uh, Hogarth learns a lot from both Dean and his mom throughout the story of the movie, and then he passed that on to the giant as well. Right. Yeah. For sure. So, so I think that that was kind of a moment, not only for just like the theme in that, but almost kind of like a. A message for the parents as well in this movie. Yeah, that's good. Um, I think then, how does Dean see the giant at first? Oh, he's terrified. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how he sees so it is with fear. Right, right after, right, right after he says that big thematic plot point, uh, he hears something outside. He's like, "Did you hear that?" Hogarth's like, "Wait, no, stop!" 
um, again, Hogarth's he's like, we got to get out no, of no, here. No, no, like picks Hogarth's up trying, Hogarth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and the, the giant thinks giant, he's trying to like steal him. Basically, no, this is the first like he's aggressive uh, reaction we get from the giant. Who's, I think this is foreshadowing for later too. Oh, he absolutely. will be aggressive if he sees Hogarth is absolutely. in danger. He's he's so attached to Hogarth at this point that yeah. um, so he thinks Dean is you know taking him away or whatever. Uh, picks Dean up and then Hogarth's like, no, stop. Don't squash, Don't squash him. him. <laughs> this is where we get the, this is Dean. We like Dean. <laughs> Dean. <laughs> it's more of a Dean. <laughs> I don't know why that specific line is it's, perhaps it's pretty the funny. funniest thing no, I've ever it, heard. No, it, it's, it's, it's pretty funny. Out of all the profound um, quotes in the movie... Uh, well, because because the, because the giant Dean just so, really sticks no, to he's a just so innocent. He doesn't know how to react. And he's just like Dean. Well, it's kind of just, <laughs> I think it kind of just shows how much trust and he has. Dean like covers his hands. Says it's just a really funny. Scene. Yeah, I think it just kind of shows. Yeah, it's like the trust that he has, where it's like I could be ready to kill this thing, and then Hogarth is like, "No, he's cool." He's like, "Oh, yeah, okay. it's like, oh, cool. <laughs> we like Dean. Cool. Oh, it's Dean." <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so then Dean's talking about. The giant with Hogarth, like, how did you find him? Da, 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 da. And Hogarth starts to go into detail a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, Hogarth tries to reason with Dean about staying the night, like, keeping the giant there. Yeah. Can you stay for just tonight, exactly. pretty much? Um, we initially get Dean walking, just kind of uh, basically saying, initially saying no just by walking away and shutting his door. Yeah. Um, and then... Well, yeah, he stays. We don't need to go too much into like the play-by-play, but yeah. the giant stays. Basically, and, uh, he, gets he, gets, he gets to yard. say the night. Okay? Yeah, I said the night. Yeah. Right. <laughs> hey, I'm going to quote another famous Brad Bird movie here. We get there when we get there. Oh, my God. <laughs> talking about The Incredibles. Yeah, it is a quote from that movie. <laughs> yeah. It's talking about The Incredibles. Um, so Hogarth comes home late. He crawls in through the window, and he's just in time to get up for school. Comes down to eat breakfast. Surprise, surprise. Who's at his breakfast table? Kent Man. Kent Man. He works for the government. Did he mention? Did we mention? He works for the government. <laughs> um, he rented the room, and this is established earlier that uh, Andy's trying to rent a room in one Just of the kind of make ends meet, whatever, yeah. whatever. Kent Mansley jumps on that opportunity. Because I think... Do you think he's pretty suspicious at this point? So, of yeah. yeah. He's not yeah. trying to rent the room for any other ulterior motives. <laughs> I'm setting like... you up. I know. <laughs> All right. <laughs> You're right. That was a dumb question. I apologize. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I forgive you. <laughs> Thank anyway, you. Anyway, Kent Mansley works for the government. He's on to, <laughs> he's on to Ogre. Um, I don't think there's like the full on interrogation scene yet. It's just kind of. No, that's way This later. is no, where no. it's like, hey, champ, hey, sport, you see anything? Yeah. Well, his, crazy? Mom, his mom is like, hey, why don't you take Mr. Mansley out on the town, show him around? Yeah, and there's no reasonable way he can say no without being like, oh, mom, this guy's onto the 100 foot robot I have in the scrapyard. <laughs> so he kind of has to, like, yeah, like, yeah, just go along with it and take yeah. him out. Well, not like take. <laughs> <laughs> well, he does kind of well, take him out. Well, he does take him out, but. Not in the way you're thinking. I don't know. You don't know. What so what? So he doesn't like, kill him. <laughs> so no, he takes him to like a what? Uh, like a like a diner, ice cream. Yeah, like flight. milkshake it bar back in the fifties. him with laxatives. Yeah. Well, I think um, I think Mansley gives a pretty interesting speech before this too. It's he's talking about like how the the very existence of this giant kind of makes him uncomfortable. Yes. Yeah, it's a yeah. threat just because we didn't yeah. make it. We, we don't didn't understand it. it. It kind of goes into nationalism there too. 
like it's scary because another country built it. Yeah. He, I don't know what he says. Like, I don't care if it's Yeah, like, I don't care if it's the Russians, the Canadians, the Chinese, whatever. All yeah. I know is we didn't build it. Uh, essentially, it's got to be stopped. Yeah, so it kind of plays into... No- yeah, it's not only like the uh, yeah the mentality of the time, but kind of just more of the theme of paranoia in general. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That he's that just kind of the embodiment mentality. of paranoia and what it does to the people that choose to uh, I don't know to play into it and yeah. to entertain it, which I think comes more so once kind of the army is involved, but or or maybe the people that are just victims to the endless discharge of propaganda coming out through the era too. Yeah, for sure. So he gives him the laxatives and he's able to get back to the scrapyard yeah, and kind of like warn. He can dip out once Kent has to go to the bathroom yeah, real bad. Real bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think then it goes into like a little song montage of Ken looking around. I don't think he knows exactly what he's looking for yet. He's just looking for some sort of evidence of the giant's existence. And he stumbles upon Hogarth's camera. Yeah. That is hanging from a tree limb. Which is some damning evidence that kind of confirms. Oh, yeah. He hasn't developed the pictures yet, but he's oh, pretty okay. sure well, what he'll yeah. find. No, yeah, no, the camera had Hogarth's name on it, too. So he, yes, he, he knows. I think, I think initially he finds that super drawing as well. Uh, when he does develop the pictures, uh-huh. he sees that this is when Hogarth had actually been taking. It, Hogarth didn't even realize he was he was taking pictures of the giant, but this is when he was kind of, what would you say, bored in, yeah, he's in just taking scenes. random pictures, like one of himself. He had whatever. happened to caught one with the giant behind him. Kent um, sees this Once he photo, develops and then this, he's... yeah, and then and then puts two and two together, realizes, oh my god, <laughs> puts kid and <laughs> giant <laughs> together. It's yeah. a really hard puzzle to solve. Hogarth <laughs> look at it over several days. It's really <laughs> yeah, it's like a whole he has like a whole montage of him just trying to piece together the so, clues. Well, well, this is important because he looks at the picture five okay, minutes. Okay, so, of so no, no, if we if we go back Silent, to when he no was uh, talking with the general initially to get some that insurance. phone call when he <laughs> talked to the general. Well, the general, and no, no, because there was the army general who wanted uh, information. Michael's ignoring ev- our ev- joke. Can you please address the, about the, general? the insurance commercial that is everywhere? <laughs> <laughs> you said the general. My brain went there immediately. Who's wouldn't? You think we can get the general to sponsor this? I don't want to jump the gun too quickly. <laughs> but... Yeah, do you think if we just say that we are, that they'll end up just kind of going with Eventually, it to avoid the embarrassment? And be like, well, I thought they were on our payroll. I thought we we authorized this. I think that that's <laughs> the right way to go. Yeah, we'll we'll bring it up every single episode from now on. Anyway, <laughs> Kent Mansley works for the government, develops the photos, finds a photo. Uh, starts interrogating Hogarth. We're not there yet. We're not there. No. Nope. Okay, okay. Where nope. are we at? Um, we're at the deer scene right now. Oh, okay. That happens first. That that is that is right before. Cool. So Hogarth <laughs> and the giant are taking a little stroll through the woods, chilling out. Yeah. And he has do a they little... just hear it. Yeah. No. Well, it. first he has this. I think this is important too. He has an interaction with the deer first. Okay. They kind yeah, of develop yeah, a little sure. bit of a bond. You know. He sticks his finger out. Giant. Yeah. <laughs> If you will. <laughs> Some might call him that. Um, he sticks his finger out. The deer smells his finger. You know, he gets like, to... That smells like metal. I'm a deer. <laughs> I'm going to dip. I don't like metal yeah. very much. I'm a deer. Um, but uh, it runs off. Uh, you hear the gunshot. The giant comes up, like, just to see what's going on. Uh, scares the hunters off. They drop their guns. 
Yeah, because they're like hundred foot robot. No, this is the fuck out of here. This is the first time the giant stuck on that line. Any chance I get? This is the first time the giant encounters a weapon or a gun, and he kind of enters into this trance where he. Yeah, you see his eyes narrow. You see, like he's remembering something. Something is clicking with him when he sees this gun. And and I mean, he looks almost menacing because it gets a zoom in on his face and. You you realize he's reacting to the gun, yeah, exactly. In some, in, in some very um, aggressive way, almost. Hogarth snaps him out of it. He says, "Hey, what's going on?" He's like, "Uh, gun." And then Hogarth tells the giant, "Guns kill." Okay. Yeah. Well, he has to explain um, to him that the deer is dead yeah. as well because he tries to. Oh touch yeah, yeah. It. He's he does. Like, he, yeah, he, don't he, touch he, it. It's dead. And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And this is this is his first interaction with death. With actually. the concept yeah. of yeah. death, he has yeah. to learn about death in this moment. Um. I think then, after that, they go. They're laying out under the stars and they're having a really good conversation. I think this is my good favorite part scene. of the movie. This is my favorite part. Mm. This has some really good thematic stuff <laughs> it, and just it, good is writing. It, is, is it because it's the souls part of the movie? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Cole really likes Dark Souls. If you're gonna shoehorn that in, that's <laughs> yeah, the joke. Yeah, I, okay. I, I am. <laughs> I do like Dark Souls. He loves Dark Souls. I do love it. He also loves this scene. Let's go into that. Yeah, I do love the scene. <laughs> okay. Um, I like to talking about this a lot. Uh, Hogarth kind of has to explain what death even is. And the giant starts asking, like, are you going to die? Well, that's what he asks first. Is yeah. He's not worried about himself. He's worried about this kid that he's, like, yeah. formed a very strong bond with it's as well. A, yeah, like, are you going to die? And then he asks, will he die? And... It's like, well, I don't know. You're made of metal. Maybe. But you have feelings and you think about things. So and you have like, a he's soul. He's got a soul, yeah. yeah. And souls don't die. Yeah. But I this don't. is the thing as well where he says that it's bad to kill, but it's not bad uh, to die. Yeah, I think that's my favorite line in the movie is... Some deep shit. Yeah, really deep stuff. <laughs> for a kid's, for a kid's movie. movie. Yeah, yeah, for real. <laughs> Just like four-year-old you sitting there absorbing, it's bad to kill, but it's, it's not, not bad, bad to, to die. die. Yeah. I think it really works for like not only for just the movie, but kind of as you said, kind of the production got pretty, yeah, no, like pretty shifted through the a lot loss of the messages of his, changed the loss to, of his sister. Yeah, absolutely, that personal tragedy in his life. Yeah, and I think that that is kind of just like I don't know, like a like a very uh, for him as well as for the audience that you know has experienced like anything, uh, yeah, like similar. It's a very kind of comforting thing. Like, yeah, we all die. You know, it's a part of. It's part of life, and it's not a bad thing. Yeah. I think it's great foreshadowing for the end of the movie, too, because yeah. you can see the giant internalizes this as it's well. It's not bad to die. Yeah, it's bad to kill. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, absolutely. Um, and we'll kind of get into that later. I'm sure we'll bring that up again at the ending scene. We get there when we get there. We get there when we get there. <laughs> <laughs> that was also an Incredibles reference. <sighs> it's the, the same, same one. quote. It's the same reference. <laughs> Michael, I just want to make sure. You just wanted to make sure. What does uh, that mean? Oh, I just want to make sure. Well, yep, you were right. <laughs> you, you made sure. You did it. You made sure. Same one. Moving on. <laughs> um, but the last thing to do is to talk about the soul in this too. Yeah. And what Hogarth describes that as is a soul is something that is in all good things, and it and, goes on. Yeah, it forever. goes on forever. Souls don't die. Yes. Um. I think then, yeah, Kent's developed the picture at this point, too. So he knows that Hogarth has been hiding the giant. 
Yeah. This is where he starts to. Yes, this is where he okay. confronts okay. him. The interrogation. Uh, I think comes home from this conversation. Just us guys. Tonight. Yeah. And he ends up trapping him in the barn and shines a light in his face. So he starts threatening him with. Uh, yeah, he says he works the, for the government. I can, he's can't I can do whatever really hard for your family. Um, yeah. I can basically make it so hard for your mother that, that we have to it take seems you away. As if we have to take you away. This breaks Hogarth to yeah, the point where he actually <laughs> he doesn't needs, want to get yeah. taken away well, from his mom. Of, of course, absolutely. So he so Hogarth reluctantly admits where the giant has been hanging. Yeah, he out. tells Kent that he's at the um, junkyard. And so then Kent actually you see him with a cloth where he's chlor basically chloroforms him. Yeah, basically uh, chloroforms him. He, 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 he fully chloroforms him. He yeah, he fully chloroforms him. I don't know child. what else he would he would have used, but he basically he puts he the kid to sleep. Okay, with chloroform <laughs> in a literal sense. Uh, so we get so we get to Hogarth waking up from that uh, poisoning. He <laughs> he overhears Kent talking with the general about. Insurance rates. <laughs> I'm sorry. Stop saying the. I know. There's not a the, better word. But. <laughs> no, he's talking with the general about where the giant is, and he finally has evidence for it as well. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we, we get the impression that the general's going to show up with, you know, military force. The army. Um, then we get the stare down between the two of them. Yeah. They're both trying to not go to bed first because Kent yeah. is Why waiting there Kent for the army. Why would Kent not just chloroform him again? <laughs> I don't like actually a good, that's actually a good question. His mom's there, and I think if Kent tried to advance on him, <laughs> Hogarth would probably scream at that point. This is fair. And his jig would be up. Fair enough. Um, Possibly. So Kent is just waiting till morning until the army arrives, and Hogarth is waiting for him to fall asleep so he can sneak out and come up with a plan to hide the giant. Um, and it comes to a point, they're staring at each other all night. Hogarth turns, turns over and appears to go to sleep, so Kent lets his guard down a little bit. And he ends up falling asleep. Uh, Kent wakes up in the morning. Uh, he sees Hogarth is Not. allegedly asleep. Uh, his helmet and stuff is still facing away from him. Uh, then you see him walk in front of the door. Hey, good morning, Kent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he got out in the middle of the night and kind of fixed the situation. We'll find out. Um, so <laughs> the army's overtaken the front yard. And the general is still kind of reluctant to believe him, but he showed up because the evidence is there at this exactly, point. Exactly, exactly. Uh, so they go over to Dean's Dean scrapyard. scrapyard. <laughs> <laughs> where where uh, initially when Dean sees the army coming, he's like, okay, he seems like to have... You, you see, oh, he's, he's ready. He's he, some, he knows what's happening. He's ready. He's got some plan put together. Um, basically, he's talking to Kent, and he's got some... He's even got this story all put together where, you know... Well, he's, he's when yeah. the general confronts him, he's not even like shooken up about it. Uh, and they actually the metal man. He did. He doesn't. Oh, know. Yeah, like, the uh, the giant, giant, oh, the oh, the metal man. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll take you to him right now. Exactly. <laughs> he's trying to open the door. He tells him how some big investor was trying to buy it from him. Yeah. To put in his hotel uh, lobby. And, and we open the door. And everyone's just surprised to see that it's basically just one of Dean's art pieces. They, Him and Hogarth had successfully transformed the giant into one of his uh, scrap I don't know if he said this, that, yeah, that yeah. Dean makes art out of metal. Yeah. That's so, why he runs the scrapyard. He sells the scrap, makes art with it at the same time. But the real moneymaker is in the scrap. <laughs> <laughs> the real money's in the trash. <laughs> um, real quick, though, I think this also kind of plays into the film's themes of potential, too. Because Dean takes all this like literal garbage and turns into really cool artworks. Art. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Like even yeah, garbage has absolutely. potential to be something really cool and creative. Yeah, for sure. So I think that that's even, you know, like while it's a more subtle way. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It still plays, but it reinforces the theme. I think. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, so they successfully trick the army. Uh, Kent's getting his butt chewed out by the general. <laughs> <laughs> you blew millions of dollars out of your butt, is what he actually <laughs> literally says. Yeah. But the army packs up and goes. Uh, Kent is humiliated. And... Uh, and we get to the interaction between Hogarth and the giant where they're like playing a game. Yeah, they're, they're playing the okay. game. Uh, Hogarth initially wants him to be Atomo, play the villain, but... No, Atomo. Yeah. Super- giant doesn't even want to be... He decides to be Superman. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't want to be the villain, even when they're playing. He doesn't want to even pretend to be the villain. And so Hogarth's got this little toy gun that kind of shoots sparks out of it. Um, he goes, okay, Superman, take this. And then all of a sudden, as we saw with the giant... Uh, reacting to the hunter's guns, we get this this uh, this almost focus from his eyes. They they turn red. And well, it shows like it, his perspective too, and the targeting. Yeah, it and, does. Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, targeting mechanism. Um, and what's interesting is the target is actually at the gun and not hope. Yes. Yeah, it's a defensive reaction yeah, yeah. almost. And so he shoots lasers out of his eyes, but. Hogarth had like turned away just at right the moment, basically. And well, because the gun wasn't well, he almost kills it. Yeah, he does. He does. But Dean sees this actually because he hears the noise. Um, Hogarth turns back. He's like, "Hey, what's wrong?" And the giant was because he was in this trance. Mm-hmm. Points the gun at him again, and the giant goes back into that trance. Dean successfully saves Hogarth from being you know blasted by the giant, um, and then is is hiding Hogarth from the giant. Yeah. And the giant comes back down from this kind of deranged state he's in. Yep. Confused. And, yeah, he's confused. He, no he doesn't what's understand on. what's happening. It's like, yeah, it wasn't me. Or like trying to explain that it was more of like a reaction than what he wanted to do. Yeah, but he doesn't like, have the words to right, really. Right, well, yeah. yeah. How, how, how would, how would a kid a big, be able to explain? Gun, he's a kid, you know, yeah. yeah. You're a gun um, that walks around. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I guess that's important too. Dean literally calls him a gun that walks around. He yeah. calls him a gun. Yeah. This is very and upsetting I think. Well, I think this... He runs away, This yeah. is important too because um, Hogarth had just explained to him that guns kill. Yep. And he understands what death is now and I don't think he wants to be that at all. It's basically the worst thing he's experienced yeah. too of like, hey... He's kind of introduced all this life and things are good. He's and the, the thing that takes it away. He's like, that's him. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So that's pretty fucking rough. <laughs> yeah, it is. So he runs away and uh, he sees these kids that yeah, are in the town square. They're dangling from a building by the binocs. By the binocs. By the binocs. <laughs> Stop calling them that. Um, binoculars. Well, no, they had like fallen off the building somehow. Yeah, but the giant saves them. Well, they're they're hanging. They're by hanging the by the straps. Yeah, yeah. They, they strap. fall. And the giant they fall. The giant catches hears them. This. Um, he runs into town to save them. And this exactly. is when yeah. the people see him as like, oh, this, yeah, this is the first. Bad. He this just is... saved a couple of kids. Yeah, I think this is interesting too. The town isn't really scared of him. Right. They're not initially. scared. You don't really know how they react to him. They're just kind of like, well, you, you, you hear almost. some murmuring and you hear like, oh, he saved those kids. Yep, yep. You know? And so, so Dean, Dean we, we recognizes get Dean and, yeah. that he was reacting to the gun. Yeah, because he sees the gun on the ground in. Immediately he understands. Oh, it was defensive. Yeah, so he kind of picks up Hogarth in his sick motorcycle. <laughs> his cool motorcycle. <laughs> he's, a, he's a cool guy. Okay, um, what else would he we drive? Get, Nothing. We, we get a to, motorcycle. So he goes to the giant. They catch up with him, and I think this was a really important moment for the giant because kind of through the entire movie, Hogarth and them are being like, "You're this, you're that," but this is where the giant kind of defines himself. Where he goes up to him, he's like, "I'm not a gun." Yeah. And yeah, exactly. I think that that's an kind of an important moment for him and like you are what you choose to be, whereas he's had kind of all these things tell him what he is and whether it's good or bad, this is kind of the first moment where he's like, all right, I'm this. Yeah. 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 Exactly. 
Yeah, I really like the I am not a gun line from yeah. the giant too. Sick. Um, <laughs> uh, so on. Dean and Hogarth had happened to catch the attention of the army on their way to the town. Yeah, because they're they're flying in. They know where the giant's going. I think. Um, so Kent, Kent is, like, he's leaving in disgrace. Yeah. He works for the <laughs> he government. He looks out of his car, though, sees the giant in the town moving around, and he's he's just like, what the? Uh, then we get where another car crash scene. Yeah, he wrecks another car. <laughs> um, and then, but he's, you know, he's just, he doesn't, he doesn't really care about the car. He's basically trying to get the army's he attention. He stops at, the whole convoy He is of the trying army. to get yeah. the army's attention at the giant, um, where the general finally sees it, and he's like, oh my gosh. Uh, then we get we then we get that scene with Hogarth and the giant saying I'm not a gun. All of a sudden, the army comes. Yeah, up. the army comes. We knock, get knock. Uh, this this it's missile the hits the giant <laughs> and he actually lets out a scream of pain. Yeah, uh, army what opens you fire. On. You always <laughs> seem actually like, lets out no, a scream I mean, of pain. I mean, when I mean, hit I know, by a missile. But, like through the entire thing, you're like it's almost as if he has feelings. What, uh, what I I guess we've already gotten to that point, but it's, <laughs> it's the movie. I I I find it a very interesting thing how. How big metal man has feeling? Well, no, 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 no. How, how as um, a voice actor, Vin Diesel really represents the pain of the giant. He, he it, screams. He's <laughs> well, he does. No, it's it's just very impactful. I think. I I don't know. I find that very impactful. Yeah, sure. But I'm just okay. You, you yes. say you you phrase it like it's almost like he's in pain. Okay, in pain. that's not how I mean to say it. he is in pain. <laughs> okay, yes. cool. We got that ironed out. He gets Iron shot. Giant he's out. in pain. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> You, oh, uh, that really, I don't know why that took it out of me so much. I felt so much energy leave my body <laughs> after that. When you said that. <laughs> I'm sorry. You, you okay, so, uh, me, man. So, so, so anyways, the army is, is just shooting at the giant. Yeah. Less effective than trains. I might add. Yes. The army does not know about trains and how destructive they are towards the iron giant. Nobody tell them. They're just shooting him with bullets, tanks. <laughs> oh, something you brought up before, I think that we didn't mention yet. Um, main antagonist of the movie, Kent never touches a gun. So throughout yeah, the entire that, that thing. is something that he, I that I found very interesting was the fact that Kent, who is the antagonist of the movie, kind of the villain, yeah, um, does not touch a gun. And actually, actually, you actually see scenes where he's around guns and the ge- the generals firing guns. Yeah. He's actually kind of terrified of the gun itself. You. Um, whereas I, I have, the, the giant who is the hero of the movie is a gun. Yeah, he is it's, yeah, essentially it's, it's, a weapon. That's very interesting. I have a take on this too, though. Okay, okay. Go I think it. he uses like the entire army as his gun. He's constantly pointing it in the direction of the giant and using it to cause a lot of harm. Yeah, for sure. Because the, the army isn't phrased is as good or bad in the movie. It just is. No, it's kind of it, it's going back to that thing of potential. Like, yeah, exactly. It can be used as something for good or for bad, and yeah. Kent um, somehow finds a way to manipulate the general into thinking that the giant's bad. The army starts shooting, and you, uh-huh. you get the you get the feeling that the the army is a weapon used for evil, essentially. Yeah, in this case, I would say so. For now. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> for now um, yeah but he's running with Hogarth he's running away from all the people firing at him obviously and I think at this point Dean comes up and he has to explain to Kent that stop shooting it's at defensive. them it's defensive it has uh, a kid Hogarth is in his hands and Kent, Kent goes and he this. lies to the general and say he's just killed the kid you have to stop him now yeah he 
it's almost uh, I, I think it was Christian who mentioned this actually. It's like even though Hargarth know. he knows he's alive, he's willing to risk. Yeah, his for sure. Death I think that just ash- plays into more of like how not only is he extremely paranoid, they have to be justified fears. So he has to go at whatever lengths. Yeah, that's true. To he has to lie about it. People... He, he can't just say it's big and scary and I want it gone. Because you can't say like when you're in that state, especially as an adult, I feel. You can't just be like, well, I'm scared. You have to be like, this is a threat. It's the logical way to think about yeah, y- yeah like the way that I am. So I think it just plays into that and how like just the lengths that he'll go to justify himself. Yeah, Because obviously he thinks highly of himself. You see, even when he kind well, of smirks when he's like, is... I work for the government uh, and all that that uh, entails, whatever, yeah. whatever. He, he's bragging. All he's like, they implies. send me in. All that implies. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. very kind of smug and proud yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah, so. Yeah. He, he has this kind of self-image he has to keep up as well, being in control. Like, when people don't know what's going on, I'm the guy they call to figure it out. I'm yeah. Kent fucking man. I work for the <laughs> Who government. Who works for the government. <laughs> yeah. And he's finding it hard that he's now losing his shit, too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um. So I think at this point, the jets are coming in and firing. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he's yeah. outrun kind what of. What kind of jets are they, Michael? Yeah. <laughs> uh. Gosh, we did. I did mention there F eighty six Sabers. Nice. <laughs> That's insane that you know that. Well, it's, it's not insane. It's just common knowledge. It's demented. Uh, it's not common knowledge. <laughs> no, no, because because he had That's lied. That's a stretch. No, he lied to the general. The general alert basically says code red. The president gets involved into this matter um, because the air force is actually a very kind of. How should I say this? We can kind of throw when, the army when, around. When the air Once force the is air involved force in something, involved. when the air force is involved in something, you know shit is serious. Why don't so, you start putting stuff in the sky? So uh, there's the jets are chasing shit. him around. He, the giant's still running. He tries to avoid a bus, falls off of a cliff. And this yeah. is where we figure out that he can actually They fly, fly. now. They fly now? <laughs> <laughs> they fly now. <laughs> so we he's flying. Um, this is a really good he's, scene. He's still trying to avoid the jets. Well, with the uh, score as well, where they kind of like, it, it implies. Theme. Yeah, yeah. And the Superman. Actually it's not them. literally the Superman theme. Well, it's, no, it's not literally. It's no homage. It, it's, it's Enough Michael not Kamen's... to be copyrighted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a take on a classic superhero theme, I would say. Sure. But he's like, yeah, put your fist down. The giant gets to kind of live this thing that he's like, uh, gets it closer towards the ideal he's kind of striving for of just uh, yeah, he of gets Superman. To... He gets to fly. Yeah, they fly now. Yeah. Jets and, also fly there and they're in hot pursuit. <laughs> I think this is important too. You see him kind of almost go into his like deranged state again. Yes, but, but he, he's able he to actively makes it. the choice to fight it off at this point. Yeah, that's a really like he's in control now. moment. And I think yeah. that's an important thing they set up that he is in control. He can fight this off now. Yes, yeah. So he's uh he loses the jets. Mm-hmm. No, he gets like shot down, right? No, yeah, he does no, get he shot does. down. He does. He yeah. thinks he loses them. He loses the jet by getting shot down. Um, <laughs> he he crash lands and then kind of passes out. Actually, the army sees him. They go to approach that scene, and then we get to the giant waking up and realizing Hogarth's not in his hands anymore. Yeah, but is actually on the snow. And this parallels what he saw with the deer too. Yeah, so he actually goes to touch him once, but then realizes, oh no, he's he thinks dead. he's dead. He thinks he's dead. Uh, and we get this. He's almost weeping, yeah, uh, or just he's he's the saddest as much he's of been a, a, as they, a robot can weep. Exactly, yeah. exactly. The giant pull uh, the <laughs> the army pulls up to the giant, realizes it's not dead, and they open fire again. Kind of, but as what's I interesting said before, is it, it hurts me so much to see the giant even 
bummed out. So this one was like, <laughs> yeah. oh. And now, now he's now he's super bummed. He's out. so bummed out. Yeah. So we so the army realizes it's still alive, and then before anyone has a word, it's Kent Mansley again who he is works saying, the government. shoot at it. Yeah. Um, and he's kind of just taking it for a while too, and you kind of see it cuts back to his face, yeah. And you see yeah. his face turned from massive emotion, sad rage. to just anger. The bump on his head also all of a sudden disappears. Yeah, I don't know if we mentioned the bump on the head. I don't know if we well, I mean, it. like, okay, there's a bump on his. There's head. a bump on his head. It implies it Im- that he, he doesn't remember lost his, his programming. Yeah. yeah. Um. Anyway, do you think in that moment he was making the choice to go ballistic on the army? I think. He makes a choice because to kind I, of release into his rage. I don't think he's fully in control when he's like yeah, going ham I, on I the army. I guess that's what I mean. I think it's just kind of that release. Because at this point, he into goes into it. full weapon mode. It's like really he has cool. a full transformation. <laughs> <laughs> this kind of plays into the theme. If if guns are so dangerous, why do they make them look so cool? <laughs> that is a because they make they this make the Iron Giant's no, weapon this, state this, look really cool. I mean, I mean, this is one of the coolest things I've ever. I, even to this day, I think of that I've seen. It's kind of it's terrifying. Cool. Oh, it's no, very, very terrifying. Because like, it's just how much it does uh, superior the, the firepower is. The army, like, the army couldn't do anything yeah. whatsoever. Like, I don't know if I registered this as a kid, but as an adult watching this, is like, oh my god, that is just raw destruction. As a kid, I thought, oh, that's it's really fucking cool. As an adult, <laughs> I think it was really cool too, but also really, really <laughs> yeah. scary. Um. Yeah, but at this point, he thinks Hogarth is dead, goes into full weapon mode destruction. Lots of crazy weapons. Like, there's a spinner thing that's shooting lasers. There's, like, he's got the a thing in his left arm that, like, the army, charges The up. army can't yeah, do he's got a, a huge arm thing. I mean, he is just decimating the army at this point. Yeah, shooting down tanks, um, blowing up everything. So the general gets to the point where he's calling on the battleships to fire on the giant. That gets his tension, which is also significant because it... Basically, what they conclude is the fact that the giant tracks whatever is attacking it at the moment. Just kind of like when Dean realized that it's it was a defensive mechanism. mechanism. Yeah, um, he was targeting the gun. So then we get to the point where uh, so uh, Dean and Annie had picked up Hogarth, realizing he wasn't completely dead. Yeah, he's unconscious, unconscious, but it'll be Um, okay. The giant made its way back into the town square. Exactly. They're trying to get to a hospital. Uh, They get stalked by the army, who's blocked off all the roads. Yeah, because the giant's giant's been being crazy in the town. Yeah, yeah. running amok. Um, (laughs) And then you know, like we're trying to get him to the this boy to the hospital. What boy? Hogarth is out of the car again, and he's running towards the giant. Towards the giant, because he. I mean. He just cares so much about it. Yeah, it's his best friend at this um, point. The giant, then, this is where he's charging up his uh, The chest, chest beam? Yeah. Oh, my it's gosh. So, that one's yeah. nuts. Cool, but yeah. also so scary. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, uh, also, also before this, before the giant had started, well, I, I guess it was right after the giant had started targeting the battleships, Kent Mansley mentions the bomb. He also mentions he works for the government. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I don't, I don't think I don't think we, we might have to go yeah, back, we'll have to and go back. And I don't yeah. think I don't think he doesn't. ever actually mentioned um, he works no, for no, the no. At that point, I, I we forgot to mention Kent Mansley uh, because the, the <laughs> you okay you can't say Kent without Mansley. <laughs> you can. <laughs> he he mentions uh, the bomb because nothing that they had the at nuclear that point bomb was working. The general's kind of we have the, the atomic bomb, shocked, the yeah. Atomo bomb, Atomo. <laughs> yeah. No Atomo. Yeah, so that, that that gets mentioned, and I think the general tells him, what, you want us to bomb ourselves? It's like, no, we can, we can lure him away. Oh, yeah, because he only attacks what's attacking him. Yeah, we can him. lure Kent's original plan is Which to lure him away Which for some reason they're like, let's, 
it's, we'll get the to thought that. isn't not oh let's stop attacking him then let's keep attacking him but in a way we want him to be so we can attack him even harder is <laughs> <laughs> the thought instead yeah. but yeah so um yeah so the battleships are on the coast this is when hogar kind of comes up to him yeah he, he's, he's his... at him at this point uh the giant's about to fire his giant chest i thought no it's his arm thing beam. no it's the chest dude thing. i swear you can. I will I fight you on this watch one. This. I will fight you on this one. Sorry, I'll fight is, you back. What, Where, the... what he's what he's pointing at Hogarth? When no, he's no, no. To calm you're missing what I'm saying. Oh, okay, maybe he's going to shoot the battleship, the battleship with, with his, his chest. Oh, yeah. okay, my bad. Yeah. Yes, you're right. <laughs> yeah, and Hogarth gets his attention. And that makes him miss the battleship. Yes, and we see the power. See the, yeah, you see the plasma bolt miss, like by a mile, and <laughs> then it just sends this whole shock wave. Oh God! And it's you just really see, cool. It is really sick. Terrifying though. Yeah. Um Yeah, but he sees Hogarth, he points the big arm cannon at him. Yeah, okay. This is where okay, yeah. yeah, I was wrong. And I love the voice acting performance in this from Hogarth. Yeah. Yeah, it's very who, I don't know who it is. Very good though. We should probably know. <laughs> we should probably know. That's a failure on our part. <laughs> Are you looking it up right now? I'm looking it up. Oh right my now. gosh. What, are we just going to stall yeah, until it. he pulls uh, up the IMDb? Right yeah, of course right It's Eli Marienthal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the problem, the performance from Eli Marienthal is... Top-notch. S-tier. Yeah, you hear Felt his that. voice crack. He's terrified, too. He's sad well, it's to see his friend doing this. Well, it's that mix of, like, care and, like, I might die right yeah. now. Well, yeah, because yeah, the very... giant's pointing his giant cannon right yeah. at his him. His iron giant cannon He at tells him, guns kill. You are not a gun. You are what you choose to be. Yes. You choose choose and, and that's like, what snaps him out of the trance yeah yes yeah, yeah he comes back after that and but the army's not in ready a to, bit of a pickle i guess not even just the army kent's not ready to let this go yet kent mansley it's not because ready to let this go. hogarth tells him we got to show him you're good now and he carries him up to the army yeah and uh i think at that point the general even acknowledges like we can yeah well because dean's explaining the fact that you know the giant only reacts to things defense yeah the general's yeah, a pretty reasonable guy yeah just don't point guns at him please yeah ken's trying to he's you know, willing to try alternatives to not again, nuke just, the united just states completely delusional saying no it's it's a trick we still have to destroy the giant yeah i think he really believes it at this point no though, he does too. no he absolutely does um but keep in mind that they sent for the bomb already and on the general's walkie-talkie you hear somebody from one of the boats say we're ready at your command sir and Kent grabs the walkie-talkie and says, "Fire, Fire it now!" Fire the missiles now! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and like, that and push the button. And yeah, they they just push it. Yeah, and then there's the great the meme line of uh, the missiles track to the giant's location. Where's the giant, Mansley? <laughs> oh, we can duck and cover. <laughs> uh, and then yeah, basically Kent Mansley says, "You know, I don't want to die for our country. Screw that." Well, tries to get away. Are we gonna die? Yeah, we're going to die for, for our, our country. Screw our country. I want to live. live. Yeah. Uh, tries to get away. The giant stops him, actually. Another car that Kent Mansley crashes. That's <laughs> no, a funny thing. It's a really, that's something I never noticed until you pointed that it's out. It's such a stupid thing I noticed. <laughs> no, no, I don't even like, know why that. He crashes every single car that he's driving. <laughs> I think that's, I don't know. That I find that really funny. It actually. is kind of funny. It is very funny. I think, uh, okay. I think this is pretty heavy for a kid's movie, you know? Uh, the, the entire town. Death. Everybody's going to die in a nuclear blast. Yeah, nuclear I mean, I mean it's like, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, even, it's like, 
Annie's like, you know, shouldn't we get to his shelter? And then it Dean's wouldn't like, matter. It they wouldn't, linger really on this too. Matter. Like they linger with the um, characters, accepting that they're about to be yeah, dead. <laughs> like the entire town is like, well, thanks. So Hogarth takes this moment to try to explain what's going on to the giant. He's like, yeah, everyone's gonna die because of this missile. Yeah. Um, I will use this. You joke see the, for the giant third just kind of looking around. You can see the seeing... gears turning. <laughs> per <laughs> se. Again. He's figurative and, meta- and literal. <laughs> Who knows if he has gears in his head? We know he's got a big beam in his head. He's got a big dent in his head until <laughs> a little bit ago. Okay. Um, but no, he's 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 just looking around, seeing all the the people, the innocent people, basically, yeah, who are they're... about to die. Uh, he knows what he's got to do. Yeah. He understands, because I think this comes back to the line earlier, my favorite line in the movie. It's bad to kill. It's not bad to die. He knows, I think, that he has to die to yeah, save all these people. Um, well, I think it's just his thing of like, yeah, like you said, it's not bad to like, die. This bomb is going to kill everyone. Yes. Killing is not good. And I think he for, obviously realizes he has an opportunity to. Yeah, he to knows stop what he can it. do. So he blasts off. And, uh, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. And, and, well, wait, we're missing the. I'm sorry. Yeah, there's the fucking. Oh, shoot. I'm sorry. I forgot to cry <laughs> oh, first. He says the line to Hogarth. Yeah, it, this gets brought back from the beginning. I don't know if we mentioned it or not. When yeah. uh, Giant's trying to follow him home at the beginning of the movie, Hogarth has to tell him, no, I go, you stay, no, no following. following. And that gets re-delivered to Hogarth as the Giant's about to fly up into the nuclear missile. You stay. I go. No, no following. following. Yeah. Ah, uh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is the point that breaks every single man. Yeah. Man, tears. woman, and child. Yeah. No one can survive the Iron Giant <laughs> delivering that This one. is like a nuclear bomb in my heart. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So anyway, he blasts off. Uh... Everyone knows what he's about to do. Yeah. It's pretty obvious. I think before he leaves, Hogarth even is like, hey. I love uh, you. I love you. He Iron Giant's like, oh, I know. God. That yeah. is. <laughs> yeah. That's a rough. Uh, uh, right before he. So he's going up to space. Right before he collides with a missile. Superman. He hears Hogarth's voice. You are who you choose to be. And then the Iron Giant says, Superman. Superman. Closes yeah. his eyes. Uh, Right as he's about to collide with a missile. And, and he lives and, up to his full yeah, and potential. Yeah, and he saves. And of he saves, blowing up. <laughs> he saves the entire his town. full potential of being exploded. <laughs> that was his mission. <laughs> he is self-actualized. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, so he blows up. It looks really cool. <laughs> Christian, no. <laughs> You're telling me that that wasn't like an animation flex when they're looking up into the Brad sky. Bird oh is man, that was one of those like multiple different colors. Iron like that's such an animation flex. Like yes, I'm, I was uh, really yeah. sad, cried, but like it looks stupid. I don't know how they from expected a hand-drawn animation standpoint. I'm as gonna well. say I don't know how they expected us to see that through all of our tears. <laughs> <laughs> Why did kind they make it look so time. cool if everyone's gonna be crying at that part anyway? <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Wasted budget. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, what a waste. Waste of all those frames, Brad. <laughs> Brad. Anyway. So yeah. the giant's dead forever. Forever. Never coming back. <laughs> <laughs> so it goes into that dream sequence. Oh right? my gosh. Oh, don't even start with me on that. Uh, that was the most frustrating thing. 
on the last our last attempt on last our night, first attempt at the Iron Giant. Michael's podcast. brain was just broken, and he attempted to explain. I was very the, tired. <laughs> he, he he attempted to explain that the whole last part of this movie was a dream sequence. Well, he's like, and then we get into that that's dream not, sequence. That's not what I and meant. Me you that's what, just it, that's like, what reiterated uh, it that's a lot. What it, that's All right, what let's it just let him go on That's not what this. I meant. <laughs> I'll, I'll clip that for anyone that wants to hear it. Just DM me. I'll send you the clip. <laughs> just DM me. <laughs> anyway, uh, there's no dream sequence. <laughs> IRL. Just a regular sequence. Just, just a sequence. Uh, Kent Mansley's in some pretty big trouble. Yeah. Probably doesn't work for the government anymore. <laughs> probably. If I had to guess. I'd say he's probably in jail. Probably in some sort of government. Hi, I'm Kent Mansley. I'm in jail. Yeah, that's his new, that's his new, <laughs> new catchphrase. But anyway, uh, the general sends Hogarth the one piece yeah. that they were able to recover. And we from see the that giant. Dean built a statue in memoriam yeah, of the yeah, giant yeah. that saved the town from a nuclear missile. It's really good. It's really good. It's like really this movie, good. it's really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so General Hogarth sends him the last piece that the only piece they think that they've recovered. Yeah. And he opens it up and it's like a screw, big old screw, big old screw. And we see that's the one that holds his jaw together. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. So he's in his room and he kind of hears the beeping, right? I don't know if he hears the... Does it Something beep? wakes him no, up. No, it does. It draws it's, attention. It's actually okay. the, it, it banged against the window. Yeah, okay. I thought so too. Trying to get out, Hogarth opens the window. Okay. He knows, it's, he knows it's, what's it's, Again, up. it's that it's that aspect of where each piece of the giant is kind of itself. Yeah, I was going to say. It I, almost turns around and looks at it. It acknowledges kind of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, it says goodbye. And then jumps out. You know? Um, I, I, I like this. I and Hogarth this, goes, you know, see you later. I think yeah. this plays into the soul thing, too. Yeah, for sure. Souls uh, don't die. Every you're piece... not your body or your, your yeah. soul. And no matter what part of him it is, his soul inhabits it. Exactly. That's why it's kind of Even like if it's that. just one little screw, his soul is still in that. In his for entirety. Sure. It is still fully him, and that cannot be killed. Yeah. goes on forever. It does. Anyway. And the so Iron Giant is, is a good thing. Psych, if you, th- you thought he was dead forever, I was just lying. He's, he's in not. Greenland, and he's rebuilding himself right now, you idiot. You fucking <laughs> dummy. He's you alive. thought he was dead. They got you good. You piece of shit. Sorry. Uh, but anyway, uh, his eyes open, <laughs> and he's alive. Uh, the score here is really good if you wanted to talk about that it's at all. It's literally called The Last Giant Piece. That's a good one. It is a giant <laughs> it's, piece of it's music. A, it's, the, well, yeah. it's the last giant piece. Oh, that something about the music, though. Uh, Pete Townsend actually made a rock opera for this, and they were going to use the songs in the movie. Do you think that would that, have been good or bad? Bad. It would have been. I think it, it would have been. It would be distracting as fuck, I think. Yeah. So that's, I think there's so much characterization and like little tidbits to explain plot. That Michael I assume came in. this is because it's a rock opera, it's pretty narrative, right? I would think so. If yeah. they just threw it that is. in there. That'd be pretty weird. It was going to be I a think... borderline musical. Yeah, that, nah. that really wouldn't have worked. Michael Kamen created the perfect score for this. Because I think so too. It, it, it works incidentally, but it also works emotionally, and you can listen to the soundtrack by itself and get and the you know what's going on. No, ser- seriously, know what emotion um, the movie's trying to convey. So I, I think it's one of the best scores out there that's been done for a movie. Fair. Yeah, I think I'd agree. I will not give any yeah. pushback on that. And I yeah. love to argue with you. And I'm, so that's how you know it's a really good score. <laughs> I usually argue with Michael. I love uh, to argue with Michael. But I love we, this score. Maybe for next week we should find a movie we all really disagree on. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, we have to. We do have to do that. That'll be bad. Anyway, the end of this movie that we're doing this week, 
Uh, yeah, he rebuilds himself. His eyes open. The score gives is a big old good. smile. Yeah, it's fucking it's adorable. adorable. He's I a love cute him. Guy. Do you think he goes back to uh, yeah, out of the town once no. he's all rebuilt? Really? I don't think so. Oh, I think he definitely does. Why? If he gets rebuilt, of course he's gonna be like, oh, let me go see my fucking family. He's got more adventures to be had. Like maybe what? he'll come back. I don't I know. know. That's fucking. That, I think he goes that, that, back. That question has been unanswered for what they twenty will years at this no. point. Here we go. We'll we'll never never <laughs> the Iron right. Giant two. It's no, not gonna happen. Never gonna happen. No, I don't want it's it. Bradford does not want it to happen. I don't want it to happen. I don't. I, I, I this don't, movie I is perfect. This yeah, movie I don't want Iron Giant two, but I think he goes back. You don't. You don't think he goes back? I kind of think. Okay. I don't know. Are we going? Are we going here? Are I'll go here, just like the Iron Giant. Definitely not going to go already here. Oh dear. Um, well, let's think. Yeah, if if the giant survives, he probably he does, does survive. Do you see the movie? I mean, yeah, Michael, were you even watching? <laughs> Do you see how he gets rebuilt? They established no, no, that with the no, train no, scene. I fell asleep at that point. <laughs> Is that a joke? Because I'll beat you up if that's not a joke. <laughs> it's, it's it's not a joke. It's not a joke. <laughs> it's oh a man. Joke. All right, I'll see you after this. No, anyway. I, I figured. I figured if the giant survived, he probably would go back. That's what uh, I'm I saying. Mean, I mean, that would make sense. Yeah. So I what's your deal, Cole? I don't know. I don't know. Do you think he got another bump on his head? And yeah, he just, he just no doesn't idea. remember. No. He finds okay. some Greenland no, no, no. kid. I, <laughs> starts all over. You know? I, <laughs> In Greenland. <laughs> let me let me redefine my position. I Better. think he goes back. Okay. I agree with you now. All right, cool. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> I can see. All right, cool. So that's the end of the movie. Yeah. Uh, closing thoughts. It was good. It's really fun. I it's forgot the, how good it the was. Most perfect movies out there. There's just I. There's nothing. This wrong. is a movie I hadn't seen Absolutely since I like wrong. was a kid. So seeing it as an adult. That's crazy. And catching all the messages from that now. Other than just being like robot cool, <laughs> was really interesting for me. I think it's a movie I'll come back to a lot. Definitely a movie I consider like an important thing to watch. It's definitely like, one I'm showing to my children. Absolutely, yeah, I for think it's sure. an important, very important movie. I think just the themes of it are very important for kind of anyone at any age because I think it's forgotten how much is like you choose or like you are who you choose yeah. to be. How especially. For kids as well, just coming up, you're bombarded with a whole lot of people trying to raise you. And that does have an impact, which is I think there's the message for the parent of like, I guess hey, not even just raise you, just tell you watch who how you you're impacting be. your kids. Yeah. Watch who you're telling them they are because it matters. But then also for the kids, it's like, hey, at the end of the day, you choose. You make your choices. You choose who you are going to be. Yeah. So I think it's yeah. just an important I think so film too. for yeah, like absolutely. whoever. The themes, I, again, it, I think. I think potential is the one that stuck out to me the most. I like the idea of the giant having such great potential. Because we see him kind of do both. Yeah. yeah. We see his destructive potential. We see his potential as just a gentle, friendly, cool dude, too. And we see his potential as, like, a hero as well. Like This movie tackles a lot of yeah. kind of big life, uh, mature ideas um, th that it presents in a kid's movie that I don't think a lot of kids' movies do well. Um, no, it, it has a lot of big ideas and presents them with a level of maturity and, I guess, like, realism that you don't see a lot in kids' movies. Like, it, Brad Bird really trusts the audience, and I really respect that. Like, respecting even, like, your child audience enough to present them I with these huge I think that's huge a huge themes. thing that kids' movies, all the good ones, they respect the audience all the way up until the kid that's watching it. Yeah, yeah. well, that's, I mean, that's a huge theme in the movie, too, is the giant represents kind of that kid figure 
absolutely that yeah is so easily influenced by the things around it, the environment or the it's naive but simultaneously um, it can understand these deep things and i think that's how yeah. a lot of kids are yeah it's like There's even when you're a kid stuff. you maybe can't articulate what this movie means but you get it it's like some kids actually yeah it's like they see uh how the world is you know um yeah, mm, yeah. well any closing ideas other than those? It's really good. Yeah, good I movie. liked it a lot. I think that's in my top favorite movies, and I think it will stay there oh, for a yeah, long time Oh, yeah, I think now that I watched it again, it's one that's definitely going to stay in that. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, other than that, basically just plug the Instagram. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, follow us at Theme and Variation Podcast. Same name for the YouTube. Yeah, that's pretty much it. And, uh, yeah, subscribe if you want to hear more. Please want to hear more. Please want to hear more. <laughs> if you don't, I don't care. Let's um, don't well, talk about it. I'm but I Cole. want someone to hear it. Oh, uh, I'm Christian. <laughs> I'm Michael. And this, this has been Theme and Variation. I wanted to say it. Well, fuck you. Say it next time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I will. All right, thank you. Thank <laughs> you.